Like it or not, Yeshua taught Hasidic Judaism before Hasidic Judaism was even a thing. If you hope to make a point, then you better rely upon primary and secondary sources and not YouTube theology. Did not Yeshua say Yeshuot v'yelachim is of the Yechudim? When Hashem says in Deuteronomy to listen to the rulings of the Sanhedrin or the penalty of death, I don't think he was kidding. If you're a sacred namer, a two-house theologian, a chirite, a one-Torah theologian, and you reject the rabbis and the sages, get ready to have your foundation be rocked. All right. Shalom, everybody. My name is Christopher Fredrickson. Today, we're going to be going through the Torah portion, Balach. And I uh, usually, I have an abundance of teachings of uh, the various... Uh, parshiot within that of the Torah uh, that we go and we put out every single week, uh, you know, for you guys to go. And and the most recent one I had was from about three years ago. <laughs> and so I, I decided that it's probably best to go and uh, to do a new one, as a matter of fact, for you guys this year. And uh, we're going to be doing that here today. One of the things I'm going to say is that if you have questions, you don't need to hold your questions. But just know that it is that um, we will not be answering questions until the end of the broadcast. We're not going to be stopping in the middle of the broadcast to answer questions. Make sure that your questions have something to do with what it is that we're talking about within that of the Parshiot or anything that is in terms of the par- of the Parshias for this week, okay? That's key, you know, because um, one of the things that we ultimately end up seeing a lot of time are people just asking off-the-wall questions that have nothing to do with the Parshas. And uh, those, uh, uh, unfortunately, if I got into those, we'd be here all night. (laughs) And so we want to stay on track. All right? But let us go ahead and get started by going into prayer, first of all, before it is that we get, get started. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, Master of the Universe, who has sanctified us within that of the words of your Torah. Father Hashem, I just ask that you be with each and every single one of us here today as we go through that of your Parshas. Help us to apply these things to our life. Help us to apply your Torah, Father, within that of our life, and help us to be an Orlogoim, a light to the nations, Father. And we ask these things, we pray these things in Yeshua's holy name. Yamim. All right. This week's Torah portion is Parshas Balach, okay? Now, the thing is that one of the things that we're going to start here with, well, you know what? Let's go to the Gutenach here first. Uh, this is actually some, I got the I got the five-in-one Gutenach Homish, and uh, some of the descriptions at the beginning of the Parshas that, are, that we go over uh, are not within the print version unless you get the separate volumes, okay? Now, one of the things that is within the description here uh, are not in the, the description, and I forgot to pin it to the top. It is within the comments, is a PDF of this particular, and I'm going to pin it to the top right now, um, that is a PDF 
of this uh, of the entire Sefar Bamidbar, the entire book of Numbers from the Gutnek Chomish with all the commentary, with the interlinear and all that stuff. So one of the things that you can do is go and download that and actually go and uh, if you're using a mobile device and if you have like an Apple device, you can import it into your iBooks and all that good stuff. It's very easy to do. Um, and, you know, this will be something that you could use for later study and all that good stuff. I will also make sure that on the, the on-demand, some of the things that we are citing will be up within that of uh, the slides that you guys may be accustomed to that sometimes pop up on my teachings and all that stuff. So um, if you want to get those things on demand, there's several links within that of the description in order to get, you know, the video and MP3 on our website. Uh, it's absolutely free to get them on Vimeo, to go and get them on YouTube or any other place. Um, and one of the things that you can do to kind of help us out with this is that if you go to our main website, which is lapidjudaism.com, you can go over there and uh, help support this ministry and help support these teachings and all that stuff because we use a variety of different uh, outlets, you know, that have to be paid for in order to get these things out to you, including, you know, uh, Yeshiva Radio, including the Vimeo channel, which it is that we pay every single week in order to get these things to you. And we also have our podcast servers and several other things that are associated with these with this ministry in order to go and get these things to you. And so one thing that 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 we don't require from anybody, you know, we're not one of those people that is, you know, is constantly out there asking for help with the ministry. But one of the things that we do do is, you know, it's always good, you know, to do a little bit of zedakah. So, you know, uh, just know that that's that's there and it's uh, greatly appreciated. But uh, this is actually something that, uh, again, I said before, is not within that of the print edition of the Gutenberg Homish, but it is within the link. Uh, the page number, I don't know. I took a picture of it, uh, but it's with it's the very first page of Parshas Belach, where it's under the header, the name of the Parshas. And this is actually something that, that the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Menachem Mendel Schneerson, this is uh, coming from him, essentially. And this is what he says about the name of the Parshas, okay? He says, Why should a Parsha of the Torah be named after Balach, a wicked anti-Semite who sought to eliminate the Jewish people? God forbid. A number of positive insights can be learned from the name of the Parsha. The first one that he mentions is that he looked into the Torah and then created the world, as we see within that of the Zohar. Being that the Torah is the blueprint of creation, it follows that even the lowest and most uh, debased aspects of the world are included in the Torah. Thus, the whole Parsha of the Torah is named Balach, indicating that the existence of even the most wicked inhabitants of the world are included in the Torah's overall plan for the world. Okay, so we have this balance that it is that we have to understand. That first of all, we could sit there and be talking about you know, everything's great, everything's from Hashem, and everything is indeed from that of Hashem. No doubt about that. Everything is from Hashem, as it says within that of the book of Mishlei, as it is that it is that Rav Shaul, the Apostle Paul, even goes and makes note of that everything, not some things, not most things, everything comes from that of Hashem. And that's one of the things that we have to understand in terms of emuna. You know, there's there, there's a song that I love by by Yachov Sweeki that is... Uh, that uh, he goes and takes the Aleph base and he goes and says Aleph base Gimel. It stands for Emuna, Betochen, and then Geula. You know? 
And so, you know, that's something that is that we have to understand within that of our day-to-day lives that, you know, that there is, you know, not only the Yetzir Hatov, but also Yetzir as well. And that there is a systematic balance within that of the world that it is that we have to understand. So naturally, it'd be understood why it is that we have a Parshish that is named Belach. Okay. Furthermore, the Torah brings to light that ultimately evil only exists in order to be transformed into good. This is one of the things that we find within that of Rabbeinu Bachia. Rabbeinu Bachia in Havot Lahavot says that it is that we have to go and take our Yetzirah, the evil inclination that we all have within us, and to create it and to transform it into our Yetzirah Tov. Okay, we're going to get a little bit into that here in just a little bit. But he continues on here. It says, as it is written in Proverbs, God has made all things for himself, even the wicked on the day of evil. As it says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 4, on which the altar Rebbe says, the wicked man will repent from his evil and turn his evil into day, as according to the Tanya, chapter 27. Thus, Balach was written in the Torah, represents the good that will eventually arise from such as Balach, when they are transformed into goodness. You know, we can look throughout many instances within that of our life, and we're going to go into some of the other things that it is that uh, the Lavabature Rebbe says within this introduction, that is within that PDF as well. Make sure to go and download that. Um, the We can look at many different things where it is that we have had something devastating happen within that of our life. Whether it's happened to us or it's something that it is that we have seen witnessed unto somebody else. What ultimately ends up happening is that during times of strife, during times of uh, uncertainty, times of stress, times of just devastation, what we ultimately end up happening, having happen is that good ultimately prevails. Within that of our response to certain things that ultimately end up happening. You take, for instance, I remember, you know, September 11th, I was, you know, within my third year of college. And when I, and I remember waking up, I was sleeping in, and I woke up and I looked at the TV and I saw that, you know, that something was going on in New York. I didn't know what the heck was going on. And I was, and I looked at the TV and I saw these things happening and I did not realize what exactly was going on. I just kind of said, that sucks because I didn't know what the heck was going on. You know, I mean, I saw things like this in other countries happening, you know, when you go and you watch, uh, you know, headline news or something like that really late at night, you know, that you constantly see in things like, like this. So I didn't know the severity of this. And then ultimately, you know, long story short, what we ultimately ended up seeing is we saw the entire world come together and rally with that of the United States, you know, over this horrendous atrocity that's, that ended up happening. I really realized just how big of a thing that this was when they did this tribute to heroes, and a, and a majority of it was filmed in black and white. And what they had was this concert a couple of days later that were at various locations, and, uh, you know, just to, you know, show support. You know, you had Bon Jovi, you had, uh, I think Neil Young was there. But then, you know, one of the early ones on was U2, and U2 comes out and they start to sing Peace on Earth. And then you end up, and then Bono goes and raises his hand. He goes, Hello from London. And I was sitting over there going, This, you know, is it, just something that, you know, it, it's, it's much more than it is that we, that we realize. 
then we started to see how it is that people in New York who, you know, have been known to be not the best in many places, you know, going and helping individuals, we started to see this change even for a short period of time within the consciousness of people in terms of politics and also practicing chesed, of practicing loving kindness. And so, you know, this is one of the things that we can relate to in terms of this for those of you who are watching this who were at least old enough like myself to have remembered these things. Um, and another thing that we, that we can look at is that you take, for instance, and I know I say this every now and then, is that I'm a type 1 diabetic. Sometimes I have horribly bad low blood sugars in the middle of the night, you know, and so low that it is that I lose motor function. I wake up in the cold sweats, I'm freezing. And I'm having to crawl to my kitchen in order to get a Coca-Cola and to get some peanut butter crackers and all that stuff. And my legs aren't working, my arms are barely working, and I'm literally crawling, you know, to go and do this, you know, and, and I'm not thinking correctly and all these things. And, um, you know, it, it's one of those things that it's like it's devastating because you think that any second you're going to die. And it's very possible that any second you're going to die. And so, you know, th th this is something that I deal with every now and then. But then I come out of that and then I, I gain from that entire experience an understanding of those who are at a lowlier place than myself. I understand what it is that they're going through. And not only that, I then have gratitude towards that of Hashem for the things that it is that I take for granted each and every single day. Being able to breathe, having warmth. As soon as I get my blood sugar up, I go in the shower to, you know, because those cold sweats just have you freezing. So I turn the water heat all the way up and I jump in the shower trying to heat up you know, and, and all these things. And so, you know, these are things that it is that I deal with rather often. And many of you guys also have things within that of your life that you have to deal with as well, or have dealt with that you have gained a form of chokmah, a gain of wisdom through a instance that may not necessarily be so good. So this is why it is that we have the Torah portion, Balak, because also within this, it's almost like the entire vernacular of the Torah and the entire storyline abruptly stops and then goes and focuses in on Balaam and Balak, two guys that are not necessarily so good. Here's also what it is that the Lubavitcher Rebbe says. He says, this is also the inner meaning of why the promise of Mashiach coming appears in the Torah here in Balak. Okay, there's many things in terms of that, and uh, you can go and look at the PDF. And in in terms of those things, we got a couple of things that we're going to be talking about in terms of this, uh, because there's a lot in relation to the Mashiach ben David in terms of this. But there's also more information, and I would also say there's a great um, series. Whenever you're studying the Torah portion, and we actually did a study on this for about a year, um, as well as focusing on, on halakha, we used to do two every year. We used to do one on halakha and one that was uh, within that of the synagogue that you can actually find online on our Vimeo uh, channel as well as our YouTube that was called the Shadows of the Messiah series. And First Fruits Design put out this thing called Shadows of the Messiah that goes and shows you through language and also goes and shows you 
through the words of Chazel, you know, every time that it is that we see the Mashiach going and revealed through that of the of, of the Torah. And it goes through the Torah portions each and every single week. And it's a great series. You can get all uh, five books plus the appendix for, for I think, 200 bucks, if I remember correctly. They, they are rather pricey, but they are worth the investment as reference books. And, you know, they will greatly help you in your study of the Torah. First Fruits Design puts out some great stuff. They really do. Um, so go to ffoz.com or .org. It's one of the two. And you can go over there. It's under their uh, Torah Club things. Uh, Shadows of the Messiah, I still refer to it today. Um, and it says, uh, because the redemption, he will witness the complete transformation of non-Jewish nations to actually assist the Jewish people. This is a concept that we end up seeing through the words of the Levavitcher Rebbe at many points uh, and many of the things that you probably have seen online, many of the YouTube videos of people going and talking with the Rebbe that, you know, CNN did a, a bunch of things in terms of that. And uh, one of the things that he would always end up saying is that if we ended up increasing in our, in, in our Gimelut Hasidim, we, uh, in, in our, uh, you know, our, our charity, and also with that of our mercy towards one another. If we all did Shabbos together, then we're one step closer to Mashiach coming. And this is, you know, I believe personally that this falls right in line with the book of Revelation. Many people look at the book of Revelation as a non-Jewish book, and they try and, you know, look for news stories that are happening. What I end up seeing as a Kabbalist myself is I tend to see the book of Revelation as being that battle between Yetzirah and Yetzirah the inclination of good and the inclination of evil that we all have within us that we all must battle, you know, on a daily basis. That's what I end up seeing within that of um, the book of Revelation. And a lot of, you know, uh, metaphor and, and simile and all those things are used within the book of Revelation through that of the of the Aramaic, of the uh, uh, Crawford manuscript and and all these other things. That basically, you know, is the way that these kind of Kabbalist texts work. And so with that, I end up seeing that there is this talk of a meriting of Mashiach returning. And here's the reason why I say this. Within that of the book of Shemot, I believe it's chapter 20 or chapter 25. I forget. But it's talking about where it is that we have the cherubim on top of the Ark of the Covenant. And it says that the two are looking at each other. And they're facing towards one another. Now, within that of the Zohar, it goes and it says that one of them is a boy and the other one's a girl. And so it symbolizes two lovers looking into each other's eyes, a married couple. And that's kind of, you know, and which makes sense because the Torah given at Sinai was our ketubah. It was given to us, you know, as our marriage contract with that of Hashem. And so... With this, when we go to 2 Chronicles chapter 3, verse uh, 13, we see that they are both facing the sanctuary, indicating that one of the cherubim have gone and turned its back on the other. And so with that, it symbolized the people going and turning their backs upon that of Hashem. Shortly after this, destruction of the temple happened. And the thing about those is that we also have the story of Shimon HaZadik as well during this time as well. Shimon HaZadik, 
Whenever it is that he passed away, before it is that he passed away, he go, went and walked into the synagogue during the Yom Kippur service, and a figure in black followed him in, indicating that at some point that uh, Shimon HaZadik would indeed be passing away very soon. And then when Shimon HaZadik died, the four-letter name of God ceased to be uttered because the Spirit of God had left the Ba'is HaGmikdash, had left the Holy Temple. And so with this, one of the things that we end up seeing is that with this, we have to have those cherubim facing one another. Us as believers need to be working on our gimelut chasidim, our charity, our kindness, all of these things. We need to be um, fulfilling the mitzvahs that it is that not only Rabbi Hallel, but Yeshua, the Messiah as well, had given to us, which is to love your neighbor as yourself. And if you want to be first in the Elom Haba, then you must be Evid. You must be servants. And Mashiach also says that if you, uh, if you want to let the people know that you're my disciples, they will know it by the way that it is that you love one another. And that's key. That's something that we see Mashiach talking about time and time and time again. And so this is the very same premise that the Levavitcher Rebbe is speaking of in the terms of meriting Mashiach. Okay? Now, finally, he says this. He says, Often the two parshiot, Chukas and Balach, are read together on one Shabbos. At first glance, the themes of these two parshiot appear to be uh, diametrically opposed. Chukas, meaning supernal law, which is one of the three kinds of Torah law that we talked about last week. Uh, represents the highest level of Torah observance, where a person loyally follows God's commandments, even when they have no sense of them, whereas Balak represents the wicked motive based upon um, based, uh, uh, motives of a debased anti-Semite contrary to God's wishes. However, based on the above explanation that Balak represents the transformation of good of evil to good, it follows the two parshiot chokas and balach actually correspond to the two paths of serving God. That the one of righteousness chokas, and that of ba- and, and that of baal teshuva, master of repentance, balach. It's very interesting that the uh, Rebbe goes and says that because, we, as you guys know, we've been doing a series on didache. Okay, and I think uh, I think this week we're going to be doing chapter eight or chapter nine. I forget. Um, but the very first words within that of Didache in Didache one one says this: There are two paths, one of life and one of death. However, there's a great difference between the two ways. In verse two, it says, "Now the way of life is this," and then it goes into the way of life. Then it has several chapters about the way of death and how it is that they are diametrically opposed to one another. And so this is a very... <coughs> the words of Didache, if we go and reread those in the ways of a Jewish observance, then we're going to you know, go and get um, a great deal of things out of them. Now, Rebbe Nachman has a little bit to say here in terms of the names. Balaam and Balach. Okay? This is what Rebbe Nachman of Breslev says. He says, Balach represents the wild beasts, those who deny divine providence. 
and believe in nature indulging in their lusts, material pursuits, solely for pleasure. Balach wanted to lochech, which means to lick up the blood of the Jews, as would a wild beast. Balaam represents the evil serpent, one who presents himself as a God-fearing person, but uses his wisdom to develop atheistic reasons and methodologies to distance others from God. He has no pleasure from his evil except to harm others. He has been called Balaam because he wanted to bole, swallow the Jewish nation entirely. When Balak saw the Jews conquered their enemies, Shechon and Og, with ease, he became afraid. Although he was an accomplished sorcerer, his sorcery had no power against Israel because Balak believed in nature and his ability to usurp nature through sorcery. He was powerless against the Jews who defied nature with their prayers. But Balaam was the master of all sorcerers, as it says within that of the Zohar. And his powers was was in his mouth. His ability to curse, i.e. to deflect a person's faith and convince him to rebel against that of God. Now, the thing about it, though, is that we see that there is a fine line of what can happen through that of da'at, of actual da'at, knowledge. The thing is that we have seen many people who may study for the reasons for their own self-aggrandizement. We see Yeshua going and dealing with this very thing. As a matter of fact, within that of the Besorot, within that of the Gospels. Okay? Yeshua makes a note of this, and let me go and turn there. Matthew chapter 23. No one could answer him at all. From that day, for, oh, I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry, the margins were off here. Then Yeshua spoke to the crowd of the people and to his disciples, saying, The scholars, meaning that of the scribes in most translations, and the Purushim, the Pharisees, sit on the seat of Moshe Rabbeinu. So, whatever they tell you, observe and do it. Okay? So we say it, they know what they're talking about. Do as it is that they say. He's telling people to follow, first of all, the, the, the parshiot of that of Shoftim and Mishpatim, saying that it is that the Sanhedrin does have authority. But then he says this, Only be careful not to do as their deeds, for they say things, but they do not do them. They bind heavy loads and burdens on the shoulders of people, while they themselves are unwilling to even lift a finger. They do all their deeds, for them to be seen by the sons of men. But they widen their tefillin, they lengthen their zitziot, they love to be seated first at the meals and sit first in the synagogues. For others to ask of their shalom in the markets and for the sons of men to be called rabbi, rabbi. But for you do not be called rabbi, but have one teacher, the Mashiach, and who are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have only one Father who is in heaven. Also, do not be called teacher, because your one teacher is the Mashiach. The greatest among you shall be to you a servant. So it goes back to that premise. Okay? 
You see where it is that, you know, Yeshua is going and talking about how it is that their halakha is correct. They're right in what it is that they say. But however, at the same time, their da'at has gotten them to become these haughty individuals. To where it is, look at how cool I am. Look at how religious I am and all these things. You know, and maybe that's one of the, one of the reasons, you know, why it is that whenever it is, you know, I have two rabbinic licenses. Okay, but at the same time, you know, I have nothing against the term rabbi because, you know, uh, I read that from the Dalage. I'm, I'm an Aramaic primist, and there's actually not a yod within that of the Aramaic. Instead, it says rab as opposed to rabbi, which is a little bit different because with 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 rab, you have the not the title of rabbi, but great one, which fits the diatribe differently because as a rabbi, it's my job to be a servant. So it follows along with, with that. But let's say that as a person goes to rabbinic school for a different reason as opposed to, you know, learning and applying and helping others in doing so. Say that a person does it because of the fact that they want to be seated first at the table. They want to be seen as the, as the individual who is the all-knowing. And so, you know, the thing about it, though, is that I, I've noticed with, that with the culture, they expect me to really be more like a, 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 a pastor. And you know how it is? that pastors a lot of the time, you know, God love them. They're kind of seated really high on the, on the, uh, on the levels and all that stuff by that of their congregation or this person that's the closest to God, you know, and all that stuff. The thing about it though, is I tell people all the time, dude, I'm a, I'm a regular guy. You know, I go to rock concerts. I, you know, I, I go and have a beer with my friends and all these things. This is something I'm learned in. This is something that it is that I, you know, want to apply in my life and that I apply in my life and I want to help you to do the same. But I want you to be able to do it in shalom and through that of servitude. And, you know, and it's not one of those things that I want to be put on that higher mandrega. Some people say they got to talk to me differently because I'm, I'm, I'm a rabbi. And I say, you know, every now and then when I get mad, I curse, you know, I mean, I'm a regular guy, you know, let's, let's be totally and completely honest here and, and not put a person who has the title that it is that I have on this higher mandrega. But then you have the other side as well. There's a guy that I, that it is that I was helping a friend of mine that has an online yeshiva. She was attending this online yeshiva and um, she was having problems. So I went and I signed up for the same online yeshiva. And the thing about it, though, is that I noticed that, that this particular person that owned the yeshiva, whenever there would be a question that, you know, was challenging to him, he would say, you just need to listen to what it is that I say, I'm, a, I'm an Israeli rabbi. Instead of there going, that's not the way that it is that we're supposed to operate. Not the way that, and it's one of those things that, you know, people want that name. People want to be seen by people. They want to be seated first at the table, and this is something that it is that ultimately it is that we need to be doing a better job of um, going and um, doing a better a better job with. Okay, uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see. Uh, is this one in my print version or is it only in? Okay, here it is. One of the things that we have to also understand here, and this is in relation to verse 14 of chapter 24 of the Torah, Torah portion. 
<laughs> in chapter 24, verse 14, it says, I'm going back to my people now, says Balaam. Come and I will advise you how to bring about Israel's downfall. Just tempt them to immortality with Moabite women. This is what uh, the Rambam says in terms of this in relation to verse 17 as well. Because in verse 17 it says, I see him, but now I perceive him, but he is not near. A star will shoot forth from Yochov. Okay? And a staff will arise from Israel. Okay? This is what the Rambam says. The Rambam understood the verse, a star will shoot forth in verse 17, as referring to King David and Mashiach. Okay, this is very interesting. The Jerusalem Talmud, however, uses the metaphor of a star in the verse to refer <coughs> to even the ordinary Jew. At first glance, this appears to be a contradiction, for Mashiach represents the highest perfection possible in a human being. Whereas the ordinary Jew includes every Jewish person, even the most simple, however, the matter can be reconciled based upon the Baal Shem Tov's teaching that every Jew contains within him a spark of the soul of Mashiach. And we see that in Mior, Iraim of, of Rabbi Nachum, on Ben Midbar uh, 25.12. The verse, therefore, refers to both Mashiach himself and the Mashiach within us. The presence of this spark of Mashiach has a twofold implication. A verse states that a star will shoot forth, suggesting that one person's spark of Mashiach should be revealed and a shoot out into the world. And also, every Jew is able to speed up and bring about an actual manifestation of Mashiach through revealing his own spark, and adding in Torah and mitzvahs. And when they say adding in Torah and mitzvahs, it's talking about bringing it to greater fruition, bringing it to greater understanding. This is what it, why it is that we have Mishnah, which are the rulings of the Sanhedrin. We have the Gemara, which was much later. The Gemara goes and, you know, goes and helps us to move that into modern times. The Gemara and the Tanya are constantly being added to, that are additions to that of that of the Mishnah. And the Mishnah is the ruling of the Torah Shebektav, the written Torah. And so then we have Chazel as well. You take, for instance, we've I've been doing another series, as you guys know, on the Garden of Peace, a marital guide for men, written by Rabbi Shalom Arush. He uses a great deal of rabbinic citation, but however, at the same time, He's using this and presenting this in a modern day to help the to help the Torah move forward into a modern day. It is just like when it is that you tune in here to these teachings that it is that we're giving here. We are helping to move that into the modern day in many ways. Though it is that I do not in any way and never will have the title of Chazel as a sage, you know, in any way, shape or form. Okay, and so, you know, it's important to have that uh, little uh, disclaimer there, first first of all. But this is, you know, what is being spoken about here. But it's interesting because 
within the words of the Rambam, he's talking about the symbolism of this star. He's talking about this symbolism. And we all know about that of the, um, we all know about that of the story of that of the three magi going and following the star and the whole thing that comes about there. Upon further inspection of the words of that of the, the Lavabitcher Rebbe here, we see that it is that he is speaking about something that is actually talked about within that of the Zohar. Now, the thing with the Zohar is many people, there's a lot of debate in terms of who actually wrote the Zohar. Was it, uh, you know, uh, uh, and, and I forget the guy's name. <laughs> I forget the guy's name and I say it rather often. We, 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 uh, somebody maybe may need to put that into the uh, chat there for me there. Uh, and we're going to have to wrap up soon, but there's this, uh, because I'm, I'm at 5% battery life over there. But uh, there's that debate that is constantly going about who actually wrote the Zohar. And so the thing, the thing is, was, was it uh, the guy that everybody says it was, or was it um, um, uh, Moshe de Leon? You know, which one was it? Uh, you know, and so that's a debate that keeps going on. But one of the things that we ultimately end up seeing in terms of language and all these other things um, is that, you know, definitely it, it is much earlier than 16th century because there were certain words that were used that uh, there weren't words for such as tachiyah, you know, during the time of um, the uh, uh, first century, but it was, you know, indicated in the 16th century. So that wasn't necessarily there. Okay, so what I'm going to do is considering we're only at 5% battery life here, I'm going to cut it a little bit short today, but I'm going to go to your questions here. So again, if anybody has a question, they haven't put it in, go ahead and put it in now. And we're going to try and address them ASAP. Let's see here. Uh, Deantha says, I'll be watching tomorrow. Thank you. All right. And Elena says, some of the things I knew, uh, but same time confused, now it makes sense. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm glad that, that you were able to make sense out of, uh, you know, my ramblings and all that stuff. That's always good. <laughs> but, um, uh, and uh, Ellie says, Shalom. Okay, well, Shalom to you, Ellie. And, uh, I guess that we uh, proficiently explained everything because I don't see any questions. Um, if we see any questions later on, uh, after the broadcast, I will go and address them within that of the forum and all that stuff. And um, one of the things I'm going to say is that, first of all, you know, make sure to go and check out LapidJudaism.com. Go and check out all the links, as a matter of fact, that are within that of the description. Um, you heard me use a lot of Hebrew here today. I do that every week. And... You know, it always sparks something in people saying, uh, will you teach on the 12 tribes? Oh, gosh. Uh, it's, uh, what exactly about the 12 tribes do you want me to teach on at some point? And, and maybe I can fit that in. One of the things, Ellie, that I will tell you is that uh, with each rabbi, we don't know everything about everything. Okay? We have areas of study where it is that each and every single one of us thrive in. In terms of me... I thrive in language. I thrive in the words of Chazel. I thrive, you know, in the words of Tadashi uh, Bialpe, uh, as well as applying Tadashi Bialpe to that of Bretadasha. That's where it is that I strive, and also within that of marriage and helping those who are young within their walk uh, go. 
the Levites, you know, the Levi, you ask about the Levites, the Levites, you know, um, that's, they, they were the, 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 uh, the head of the, uh, of the Mishkan and the Ba'is Hagmikdash, their, their job was temple service, you know, um, I'm not a two house guy. Okay. So I'm not, uh, one of those people that, uh, go and teaches, oh, they were going, they went and dispersed all to Europe or they're in the United States as Native Americans or anything like that. You know, they they got enough goofballs to go and do that. I don't teach any of that garbage because the Bible tells us, you know, four corners of the earth, you know? So, um, yeah, uh, I, I, I'll tell, I'll, I'll tell you though, you can look up a two house teacher and then give you a lot of goofy explanations as to where it is that the 12 tribes went, uh, none of which will be accurate. Uh, but you know, you can get some goofy explanations from them if you, if you wish. <laughs> but, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank all of you guys for joining us here today. I, I'm sad. I'm sorry that we had to cut a little bit short because of the battery, uh, you know, uh, kind of going and dying on the, on the camera here. Like I said, you know, a couple minutes ago, we were at 5% and with an older iPad, that battery life goes uh, really quickly, all right? But I hope and I pray that this has been helpful for you. And I'm going to wish each and every single one of you, Shalom Bracha, I wish each and every single one of you, though it is that we're in the middle of the week, I'm going to wish you a Shavua Tov. And, uh, well, Shalom Bracha, peace and a blessing. Shalom. So you want to learn Hebrew or Aramaic, or maybe both? Make sure to check out HebrewandAramaic.com. All three of the instructors on the website have accredited Moray licenses to teach the languages that they teach on the website. You can take the lessons on your very own time, and they even have a Roku channel so you can learn from the comfort of your very own couch. With over 200 videos going step-by-step -step through the languages and all the various scripts and over 100 PDFs of exercises and quizzes, this is the most thorough set of lessons that you'll find anywhere on the languages of the Tanakh and the Brit Hadashah. So visit HebrewAndAramaic.com today and sign up for only $15 a month.